Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 103 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we're watching season five, episode 15, Summit. We're not watching, we're, we're talking. We're not watching, we're talking about it. We're we already tired. watched it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Summit, uh, aka, hurry up and get through it so we can get to the part two. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think of. <laughs> oh, mine was just aka, uh, Daniel's arms. <laughs> Daniel's armbands. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Well, no, it's it's not. My thing is, uh, clearly, uh-huh. he has been working on his arms. It looks great. Very random. It's just the location of the armband is awkward. What is the purpose and of the like armband they're, like, puffed there? out. Well, like, like, what would that armband be used for? There's, a, some, there's some character written on it. Yeah. But I don't know. It's... But it's also that's like this weird like puffed out yeah like they just rolled up a, a towel yeah it's just it's where he keeps his smokes <laughs> <laughs> he keeps the communicator in there yeah <laughs> yeah it's just the, yeah I feel like now I want to know if yo. originally somewhere in 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 culture those have served a purpose mm-hmm. but now they're just like here are armbands. yeah that for used no reason at all well it's also like even in in. Like, Xena had one and all this other kind of stuff. Like, they're cool decorations. And I know decoratively wise. But, and so I'm sure that was decor. It was just the size of it. Well, you know, with an impromptu uniform, they probably rolled up some towels from the commissary. Like, (laughs) some kitchen towels from the back of the kitchen. That'll work. That's just for some reason one of the things. It's that like when your out. mom puts together a backup Halloween costume mm-hmm. for you because the shit hit the fan and mm-hmm. your first one didn't turn uh-huh. out. And it's like there's got to be something in this house <laughs> to put together a costume with. It's just they're very noticeable because of both of how well Daniel's arms look now uh-huh. and uh, how large they are. They're very large. I yeah. meant the bands, not the arms. They're both large. They're both anyway. <laughs> We're okay with all the episode. We're okay with all those things. The episode. Uh, This word aired March 22nd, 2002. Written by Joe and Paul and directed by Mr. Martin Wood. Martin Wood. So, um, Carmen's back as Jacob, but the, uh, the big... Okay. (laughs) I can't not spoil that we will see Ball again. Okay. There's a number of these ghoul that we'll see again. If it makes you feel better, I can't place who he is right now anyway. So sweet. He's the really, really good looking guy who's who's a ghoul that's on the station. Like, he's like dressed in black. He's the one that comes up to you and talks to him. Okay. With a very nice little beard. Very, very well groomed. Gotcha. Yeah. That's Cliff Simon. Um, I'm digging it. Yeah. So we do see him again. He... Hands down is my favorite ghoul that we see on the really? show. Really? Just wait. Okay. Now um, I have to pay extra attention to him. So, and Cliff needs to write an autobiography <laughs> because his life has been very interesting. So he's from Johannesburg, South Africa, and he he apparently he wanted to be an Olympic like gold medal swimmer. He wanted to be the first South African gold medalist oh, swimmer. Wow. Uh-huh. So he started training at a super super young age, and also while he was a young kid, he realized he's really good at gymnastics as well. Okay. So apparently Damn. by like fifteen or something like this, he was national level in both in South Africa. <laughs> like <laughs> he also looked, looks like Kevin from the Backstreet Boys. You just looked up wondering. a picture of Cliff Simon, <laughs> didn't you? I did. <laughs> Well, I was so I was stuck in there. I wanted. You to know what up. I will tell you is that I would recognize Cliff Simon well before I recognize basically any member of the Backstreet. Boys. I'm pretty sure I've got the right Backstreet Boy. I was an instant girl myself. <laughs> I still and, and I say this, and you know for a fact uh-huh. that I'm not just saying this. I don't even remember which one Justin Timberlake <laughs> was in. That's awful. <laughs> in sync. Like because I just didn't listen to any of them. It's funny because him and Nick. Carter were like the parallels and it's like one of them did real good one of them did real <laughs> not good real not good 
Um, so anyways, look, okay. it's Kevin. <laughs> it's Kevin from the Backstreet Boys. Oh my gosh, he does look like Kevin from the Backstreet Boys. He also kind of looks like Orlando Bloom. Oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just because Orlando had that same mustache goatee. Yeah, the thing. little conquistador look. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so Cliff's family moved to the UK. Uh, he made the British team and qualified the Olympics, swimming for uh, Britain in the '84 Olympics in LA. He eventually uh, he went to school in the U.S. for swimming to college. Yeah. Um, he eventually just got so. As as many of these these um, teenage high level athletes do, just when I'm done with this yeah. because the only thing you're doing is training. In I'm life. all done now. Yeah. So he quit and he went back to South Africa, and so he entered the Air Force for like two years, some of this, and then he started teaching windsurfing and water skiing. And that led him to somehow uh, being on a stage show because they needed a gymnast at this <laughs> resort he was teaching at. That'll happen. And then he just toured the world performing with this group, performed including at the Moulin Rouge, which is apparently Whoa, a big deal. Oh, that is a big deal. And then he became a model while trying to start his acting career. And in 1992, he was Mr. South Africa. Well, now I know. And then he started. He started acting. He started picking up jobs. And, that'll and work. that'll do it. That's. I mean, <laughs> what's on your resume? I am Mister South Africa. <laughs> the end. I will now be. Bald. I am the most beautiful person in this whole country. To be fair, he's pretty beautiful. <laughs> Alrighty. So previously on Stargate, we cover everything from Martooth dying to Sarah Gardner to a chemical that makes you remember shit that's not real. Yeah, I'm like, which one of these threads <laughs> do I follow? And then the, the nameless Ubergold. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Ubergold. Uh, which apparently I have read somewhere, if I remember correctly, that in the, in the production... Like they didn't, I think they didn't have a name for him yet. So okay. they literally were calling him Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> he must he not, be not be named. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe that Harry Potter is that old. Uh huh. Because it came out in the 90s. It just feels so relevant still. Yeah. I didn't wow. read it till much later. No, I read it as it came out. In fact, I think I was in high school um, and one of my teachers, uh, my. Government and economics teacher mm -hmm. was like, you should you should read Harry Potter. You would really enjoy it. And I was like, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm a teenager. And then I did it anyway. And I was like, all right, yeah, it's good. I will be honest. <laughs> and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast that I was and I, I admit my fault now, uh. but I was one of those that jumped on the completely baseless bandwagon that there was some competition between Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm so beyond Team Tolkien that I was like, yeah. those were written for kids and I'm above reading yeah. those. I'm and so much better because, again, I'm a surly teenager. I'm a surly teenager. And then someone tried to convince me to read the first book. And, of course, the first book is clearly for written children. for children. So I read the first book and just judged the entire... I yeah. didn't even make it a quarter of the way through the book. And you're like, and done. And done. And I judged the entire series and I didn't read the books until... <laughs> I did... I did... It was right as the last book was coming out because um, I believe it was... I either... I know I didn't wait in line or anything for the last book, but I don't remember if I just skipped the final book's release or if it was I started reading them right after it, the last okay. book was released. Yeah, I think I was by that point, I was waiting for it. I got them as a I got the first uh, whatever thing, the first everything but the last book okay. uh, as a gift set for one year for Christmas. Wow. And it was I don't know when the final book came out of the year like what time of the year so it was mm -hmm. either right before or right after yeah but i had them all read by february yeah i got them for I christmas that. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so okay <laughs> what are we episode. talking about yeah what are we talking about is there stargate so osiris shows up to i'm just gonna call him zippy again Okay. Zipakana. Zipakna. Zipakna. Yeah. You're right. That's a thing. Zipakna. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to call him Zippy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they both just smoke, blow smoke at each other's asses for a while. Every time I see him, by the way, I just think it's the dude from Burn Notice, but it's not the dude from Burn Notice. He just kind of no, looks like him. But he's the guy from Mystery Alaska and from Vikings. Um, 
I looked up his IMDb to see where I knew him from. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. He did a million things, yeah. and I don't know that I know any of them. I, I adore him. And the main thing I know, because Mr. If please everyone go watch Mr. Alaska. It is like, I don't know how more people haven't seen this film. It is about hockey, but it's like... Oh, it's such a good movie, guys. <laughs> and it has, oh, yeah. like, everyone in it. Yeah. It has, like, e- like ev- almost every person in that film, you will know. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> it's just riddled with people. Anyways, they're blowing smoke up each other's asses. Um, Zippy has is, is working for a more powerful Gould and wants Osiris to join up as well with Anubis. And when she hears the name Anubis, Osiris basically goes, fuck. Uh, Yeah, what? Come again? (laughs) Come again for Big Fudge? (laughs) So I was going to talk about Anubis here, um, but we basically mentioned all the gods later in this episode, so I literally spent probably two hours this morning doing research later, (laughs) so I did not get around to Anubis. I'll do him later, because I'm going to assume that we see Anubis Mm -hmm, in the future. mm -hmm. And credits. (laughs) Uh, So at the SGC, the Tok'ra have rang the proverbial doorbell. Um, It is a Tok'ra named Renau, and there's a situation developing with the system lords, and she wants to discuss it. And Jack's like, it's always suicide mission this. Save the planet that. No one just stops by and say hi. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I can imagine Jacob stops by every once in a while to say hi. Yeah. Probably but he not hangs as out much. just with, like, Sam. I know. Probably not as much. And, and Hammond. That's fair. Not as much as, as either anyone would like. But, yeah. You know. And the briefing room now explains that since Cronus and Apophis' deaths, there's been a power vacuum. And the rest of the system lords are basically fighting and destroying each other right now, trying to capitalize on that. And right now they're about to declare a truce, or they already have declared a truce. Right. Um, they're establishing a new supreme leader, leader order thing. A shiny new era is tiptoeing <laughs> nearer. But where do we feature? Listen, Listen to, to teacher. teacher. <laughs> Be prepared. Okay, I'm done. Um, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, uh, Cliff Simon does also kind of look like Scar. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's basically what they're doing. They're they like, are. hey, gather around, evil minions. So, um, minions do as minions do. Uh, and the Tok'ra, they, look, the Tok'ra don't want to stop this meeting <laughs> because they want to use this meeting as a chance to kill all the ghouls there at once. all ghouls. And Jack's like, welcome to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> we have cookies. Um, there is a space station neutral territory where they're all going to meet up. Super tight security, impenetrable defenses. But the Toker have a plan. Um, each system lord can bring one human slave. Mm-hmm. And they're going to need someone who speaks Gould. And everyone looks at Teal. Yeah. And she's like, oh. someone who's not a Jaffa. And everyone looks at Daniel. And Daniel's like, looks behind you yeah. for someone Daniel's else. Like, what? Where? Huh? Yeah, the, the the terror panic in his eyes is like, no, no, this is when we sent Teal. Yeah. Like, we always, the, you don't understand. There's other people here that speak That's Gould. That's why we sent Teal all the fuck. I'm not the only person that speaks Gould yeah, here anymore. Basically. Pretty sure in five years we've taught other people how yeah, to speak Gould. Basically, he gets voluntold. But he's basically still the only person who spoke it fluently for a number of years. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> um. So down in uh, Daniel's lab, Teal checks in with Daniel is like, so, you, uh, <laughs> you gonna go do it? You gonna, you gonna do a thing? And Daniel's like, yeah, I, I know it's a stick, I know. And Teal's like, uh, you should, you should, you should do it. <laughs> you should, you, you should, should do, do it. Nudge, nudge. Yeah, uh-huh. He's like, well, he's like, if there were any other way to do this, but there's no other way, so, so just do it. Then. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Daniel agrees. Yeah, I, I see a nice little new respect for Daniel from mm-hmm. Teal. Not that he didn't have respect for him, but now he's like, this is straight up badass, yeah. uh-huh. badassery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is straight up. This is not diplomacy. This is just like, yeah. I'm going on a curve. There is no. Up. And it's because Daniel is someone who will always look and he talks here. He's like, I'm always looking for the better option. I will yeah. always take the diplomatic option. But Daniel's it's like, like it I kind of just have to kill a whole bunch of people in one kill go instead. <laughs> so in the gate room, SG7 is heading out with SG1 and Elliot gets his first off world mission. I. Okay, so my reaction here, I didn't see what witness. I was like, "Oh, it's Elliot! Oh, he's gonna die, isn't he? Because why would they bring him back?" I was like, "Fuck! No, Elliot, don't be here!" 
Uh, it's just basic off-world uh, orientation. There's no action, says famous last words, no. McGee. Uh-huh, basically. Um, but Ellie is excited to meet the Tokra, and Jack's like, yeah, you get over that. <laughs> yeah. They're not super exciting. They're and then the background here is uh, Major Wood and Sergeant Siler together. Oh, dang it, I missed it. No giant wrench. Okay. But they are together, and they're working on something, and they just keep looking back at the gate. <laughs> they're probably, like, playing a video game on the screen Got and making it. sure they're not caught. I was too busy going, you're going to die, you kid. <laughs> you're so cute, too. It's such a bummer. So Jacob meets them on Ravana. Um, Alduin will do the new officer orientation. They, he has a tour planned. <laughs> <laughs> and then a lecture on the development of Tokra insurgency techniques since the collapse of the Second Gold Dynasty. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm awake. What? <laughs> what just happened? What? I'm with Jack on this yeah. one, by the way. Yeah. It's like I wow. am too. And it's not just the overwhelming amount of turkey and wassail that we drank. <laughs> we had we ate big bird guys. <laughs> we did, yeah. This is uh, uh, full disclosure. We had a, a late Thanksgiving. Yes. Because some of us had to work, and so we ate the giantest bird that has ever birded. It was like a 20-pound bird. We named him after BB-8, because it was just this big round ball. Or BB as a big bird. I like that, Because too. he was 20 pounds. There was not that many of us. Yeah. No. <laughs> I was trying to do the math, and I was like, no, this hurts. Yeah. Yeah, no, there was like multiple pounds of bird per person. Uh-huh. <laughs> None of us ate that much. <laughs> So in the meeting chamber underground, uh, Daniel just wants to get down to business um, after they get done with their you joke. Um, (laughs) So they're going to use a modified version of the memory chemical from the real to convince you that Daniel is his most trusted Lotar, which Chilix informs us is the highest rank among the human slaves, like a personal attendant. Mm. Jacob has spent the past couple months establishing himself as a minor gold news service. So he's going to be able to get Daniel aboard the mothership, keep everything tidy. I like how he says keep everything tidy, yeah. which is basically just hiding bodies uh-huh. and <laughs> probably some light murdering. If yeah, things just light murder. Just, oh, you know, murder. just some light murder to burn off a couple calories. Um, and none of the other gold there at the location will have seen Daniel's face. I mean, you has seen Daniel's face. He was, yeah. he was here on Earth, but they're going to take care of that. Um, once on board, after all the other ghouls are there, Renal gives him a little a little doohickey guy that has <laughs> an incredibly strong, very potent poison in it. Press the button and all the symbiotes in the room will be dead in seconds. Maybe yeah. not seconds, but definitely less than a minute. Yep. And there is enough in this little vial to kill every toker on the base twice over. Mm-hmm. So like, don't press the button now. Right, because then I everybody know that, will And die. there's a reason you don't give it to Jack, because it's like, there's a big red button. Can I push button now? Can I push, I push button? I push, no? <laughs> what's, the, what's the thing from Guardians 2 with Groot and the button? Oh, gosh, <laughs> why can't I think of it? It's in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, don't press the button. Press button. I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> it's like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so if they do do this and kill all seven targets, the gold uh, may never recover from this. Um, so the goal is just to go in and get chaotic up in this bitch. All chaotic. Get all chaotic up in this bitch so that mm-hmm. they can't get a good leader. Up in they, here. Up, up in, in here. here. Yeah. The more the gold get organized, the more trouble we're yes. in. So let's just keep them disorganized. Um, Got it. I'm there. And I like how Jack's like, what can we do? And he's like, you can just wait here. Yeah, you just, can not get in the way. Just wait here. Mm-hmm. Just don't do anything. So immediately afterward, Jack walk and talks with Jacob, thinking that there's something Jacob's not telling him. Mm-hmm. Jacob's like, look, this has been our plan since the beginning. Like, you know, Jacob always, always said that we can't knock off the system lords one by one. Like, the worst one's going to take over. He goes, but it's always been our plan to create a power vacuum so large that it's going to take them years to recover. They'll be fighting forever. And then we'll take that opportunity to just kill every ghoul that exists. Kill all gold. The entire population with the symbiote poison. Um, and also, I love at some point, Jack just makes a wrong turn here. Yeah. He just, he's just <laughs> like, where am I? Oh, sorry. I just, I went the other, What? Um, I was listening. I was totally listening and paying attention to everything you were saying. I just, something was shiny over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can see how Jack would be a little suspicious of this yeah, plan. Yeah, this is... Because yeah. it almost seems too simplistic. And even Daniel later is like, there's giant holes in this plot. Yeah, there's so much. I, this is a, yeah. This is a skeleton of a plan. Mm-hmm. 
And you can it def you definitely get the vibe that um, Jacob and Renau and and the Tokra are trying to be one hundred percent behind this as if they've planned this entire plot all the way out. But you can tell it's more of like shit. We're gonna we're planning on this in like a year. Yeah. But this opportunity came up. They're faking their way through this. They're thing. faking it until they make it. Yeah. Like they weren't prepared for this meeting. They weren't prepared for things. So they're no. like, we've got to just stand behind this like this was always the mm-hmm. plan. Because what do you do at that point other than I guess have a little faith in yourself? Have I don't have faith, faith in me yourself and me. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't know words today. So on, anyway, where were we? On, on Zippy's mothership, Osiris is being sent on some mission that we don't know yet, and yes. Zippy's going to head off because he's captured a Tok'ra and learned that they have a new weapon. Dun, dun, um, dun. And Osiris is like, like the Tok'ra would tell you anything if they were captured. He goes, "Well, Anubis has ways of making even a Tok'ra talk." Hmm. Um, and he gets super creeper here. Up into yeah. her ear. Yeah, he does. And like with those wide eyes, like he gets There's something really super creeper. Unnerving about the 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 uh, this is I it must be a genetic trait, people can't control this. But when you can expose your top gums yeah. <laughs> and like so that he's talking, but I can see not only his teeth but the top of oh, his gums. Okay. And I'm like, I'm really weirded out by this. This is very <laughs> uncomfortable and I don't know what to do about it. I'm just like he's very he's very creeper dude. Yeah. He's yeah. just he seems very swarmy. <laughs> it's it's just something about the it's mouth. It's like you don't want to be left alone with him under any circumstances. That's fair. Yeah. To and be, yeah. To be fair, I don't even I I don't think he'd wait till you're alone either. No, just I don't want to be left unarmed. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so in the Teltac, um, the Peltac, the Teltac. Daniel is getting dressed yeah. Uh, yeah. and he's putting contacts in. Yeah. This has been a small detail that we've harped on <laughs> many a time. For sure. But I just like the fact that we, it's, and it's almost not distracting, but it almost is like a, it's so bizarre to see this such a real world thing that we do every single yeah. day done like on a spaceship. <laughs> it was, yeah. And it was so bizarre yeah. that my dumb, dumb head was like, what's he doing? What is he, <laughs> is he putting like some sort of like tracking device? In his yeah. Head? And I was like, oh, contacts. Oh, it's those getting are, contacts in. Contacts. So he's That's not wearing his he's glasses. blinking. I understand. That makes sense. That's I approve of this w- message. Words. Also, did LASIK exist? this then i think it was just starting okay because i feel like janet would have been the first one to get it possibly i still still the thought of lasik is like a no for me well i just imagine if you're going off world the way he does no i agree he would yes i mean i don't even walk stormy with my glasses on oh i can't (laughs) do any well see i wear my glasses probably a little bit more than i wear my contacts yeah um but like i can't get out of bed without my glasses like yeah i will run into things on the way to the well no that's what i mean like i have to put contacts in yeah at zero in the morning (laughs) to walk my insane dog because walking my insane dog is as active as it would be running from (laughs) uh you know gold that's how active it is this is true so wearing glasses on a run like that just means that my glasses are going to end up in the dirt being smashed by a dog or in poop. <laughs> Can so. I just say, the reason, the, one of the main reasons, well, a contributing factor of uh-huh. why I first got contacts uh-huh. is I grew up dancing. And so you have to turn. Yeah. You have to turn uh, at, at great rates of speed <laughs> when you dance. And there is at least half a dozen times where when I spun, my glasses flew off my yeah, face. Yeah, that'll happen. No matter how well they're fit to your face. And I, so I have a pair of glasses that slide, slide yeah. up my nose a lot because they're too big on the sides. And I took them in. Let me tell you how, how, how bad they made me feel. Um, this is a great story that I've never told anybody. And so I go in to, you know, the, the eye doctor place. And I'm like, hey, my glasses, I think are a little big. Yeah. Just, I don't know if they stretched out or what, but they just slide off yeah. my face very easily. <laughs> and the girl's like, oh, yeah. So what's happening is they're bowing the other way because your lenses are so thick. <laughs> That your glasses can't hold them. And mind you, I don't wear thin frames. No. I'm wearing Buddy Holly frames. 
And these are, it's 2017. They're polycarbonate. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're, they're like, technology. Uh-huh. They're all the technology. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're just so blind. Yeah. And your glasses are so thick. Yeah. That your glasses. Um, let's just say mine don't always, my frames don't always stay in shape either. Yeah. For- and I'm like, can you just fix it and then not talk to me again? <laughs> mean, mean lady. Can you just not make fun of my bad vision? Uh, yeah. Please. I'm sure you've seen people with worse vision than I do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, mine's pretty dang bad. Yeah, mine's not pretty either. M- mine, uh, at least I get a good, like, war story with mine. There you uh, go. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we already talked about the bicep cuffs. This is a costume episode. Yeah. Because the the costumes that the the, the parade of Gould are wearing here mm-hmm. in a couple scenes, like the costumers must have had a field day in this episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and they a field day, but also like probably a bit of an anxiety attack. Yeah. It's like how many? How many like intricate costumes are in, they making? in this week? Like I feel like the people <laughs> who made these were the people who then moved on to work for Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Exactly. Because the amount of costumes. I know. Holy farts. I know. Yeah. And like some of them have like beautiful like beadwork and these yeah. like custom. I mean, just that necklace of Osiris custom is head wearing. pieces. Oh, and, I like, know. Face pieces. It's, it's yeah. Maybe that's why Morgan Slave ends up being like, "Fuck it, you're wearing duct tape." <laughs> yeah. the, the BDSM love They're like, "We're later. done. We're now just wear some and black just, underwear." Just Morgan herself is like somehow defying. You know, I have to try <laughs> defying <laughs> gravity <laughs> with her with her boobs there. <laughs> we'll get to that. Anyways, uh, Daniel is a little um, hesitant on this mission in general. Uh, he doesn't think that everything's been super well thought out no, here. No, it, it really hasn't. There's a lot of, like, we go in and dot, dot, dot. And then <laughs> you improvise and you do a little soft shoe and then uh, razzle-dazzle. Oh, give them the old razzle-dazzle, razzle-dazzle them. Uh, <laughs> Basically, that's what they tell him to do. Essentially, it is. Um, And don't die. Yeah. Good luck, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Daniel points out, like, you do realize that... I know your end plan here is to kill all the symbiotes with the poison. Like, that's also going to kill all the Jaffa as well. Yeah. And Jacob's like... Yeah, there's still some issues we have to work out. <laughs> Daniel's like, that's a pretty big that's ass issue. That's kind of a big ass issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Jacob's like, well, we have to take this chance. We may never get this one again. Um, and this is the first time, apparently the first time in that they've noticed or recorded that there's been zero population growth among the ghoul. And no one really knows why. Yeah. So in the Tokra tunnels... Aldwin is giving his very informative <gasps> the tour. The Tokra Tunnels was a band name. The I Tokra just remembered Tunnels. that. <laughs> My favorite is like as if that's an existing band and you forgot they existed or something. <laughs> they exist in my heart. They're like a 50s doo-wop. Tokra Tunnels. Oh, I like it. In the still of the tunnels. The, Kaylee is judging you so She's, hard yeah, right like now. Her arms are crossed judging me. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, and we're back. And Aldwin, um, anyway, so he's giving the tour. Fun fact that they have no ventilation shafts in the tunnels. Yeah. Um, they, if they tunnel through the right rocks, oxygen is produced as a byproduct, and they use that oxygen to set up their own life support systems. Yeah. And then Jack shows up, and Aldwin's like, would you like to join? I know you're interested in Tokra engineering. Uh-huh. And Jack's like, um, I would love to. I have to go help Teal'c. Yeah. Wait <laughs> for... Something. Go bye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch paint dry because it's more fun than this. <laughs> it's basically how Jack feels. Uh, I'm gonna watch some crystals grow. Uh, on the Peltac, Jacob gives uh, Daniel a little ring with a little needle with the memory <laughs> juice. Yeah. He's like, prick you, and he will immediately think that you are his loyal, certain Jaren. Mm-hmm. Um, don't tap yourself with it. I feel like he's immediately gonna. <laughs> they kind of. They, Spoiler alert. It's a giant red herring. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler, he doesn't. But it's like, you are absolutely setting this up to where Daniel's going to prick himself with this thing. He's going to think he's a gold. He's going to take over. And then we have evil Daniel again. Exactly. Evil, we evil saw what happened with evil Daniel. Yeah. Um, but my favorite is, is where Jacob's like, don't stab yourself because I don't know what happens and that should scare yeah. you enough. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't, don't do things. 
So Renau shows Sam Lantash. Yeah. Uh, they're like, yeah, we totally tried to save Martouf, um, but we couldn't. So now we're just waiting until the symbiote is strong enough so we can find a new host. Uh, and apparently Sam's been trying to access all the research on the Zaytark technology for months now. But the she's been stonewalled since it's top secret yeah. in the Gould circles. Um, and she gets even more annoyed when she learns that the symbiote... Um, like, both the symbiote and Martouf were alive when they took him out of stasis. But they thought that the possibility that Lantash could heal Martouf and save himself was far too remote. And so they made a choice to let to take Lantash out of Martouf and let him die. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's and, and, and Rinal is like, well, we're always going to choose a symbiote. You know this. Yeah. Um, uh, poor Sam. I think she's channeling every heartache she's been she through is. lately. And she's just like this. I, I think down in her heart, she might know that this wasn't an option. And she and she she she, she does at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Here she's like, well, you, I think you just want a Martouf's brain to study the Zartag yeah. research. And Renau does bring her to a stop when she's like, look, you knew Martouf. Mm-hmm. You know what choice he would have made. Yeah. Um, and he's like, he's not gone. He lives on in Lantash. Aww. So in Yu's palace, we meet the real Jaren very briefly until Daniel's at him. Don't worry. They don't look alike, but you don't have to. Yeah. Um, just remember to pour from your right. <laughs> Those so, are things I would not know about. No. Nope. Okay. Nope. So Daniel walks in, sets the tray of tea down, and you comes in and is like, you're not Jaren. He, and then Daniel like grabs his arm going, yes, I am. Uh-huh. And after an awkwardly long yeah. moment where you think it's not going to work, he goes, yeah, I can bring you my tea. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, and then back in the Tokra tunnels, alarms start going off because there's a fleet of motherships coming. Yeah. And they have to leave. There's quickly. a lot going on in this episode. There's it was definitely so tough to follow. It is, it's like two A plot lines. I was really would have been fine to just watch Daniel's situation it's like the whole time. Yeah, it's like there's two separate episodes going yeah. on. Yeah, which makes sense that it ended up as a two-parter. Yes. Um... I guess they do happen simultaneously. I feel like I would have been happy. Well, I don't know. I have to wait till the I end mean, of the next I mean, it's episode. one of those where, and you're just watching this first episode, it feels like even if you're going to make a two-parter, two-parter out of this, you could have done almost, speaking of Tolkien again, oh. uh, um, a two-towers type thing where you follow one entire plot line yeah. and then you follow the other entire plot that's line and then you watch them join at the end. Yep, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking. But I wouldn't know without watching part two. Yeah. But there is a lot to follow and I'm not going to lie, there was a couple times where I was like, okay, why, where are we again? Yeah. Where are we again? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the... the in- the ghouls that are coming have an incoming wormhole. They're blocking the Stargate, basically. Mm-hmm. So there's 38. There's a 38 minute window there. But the problem is that by the time that 38 window is off and they can dial the Stargate out again, the ships are already going to be here. Yep. And there's no other escape. Yeah. So meanwhile, Daniel and you are arriving at the summit in Impeltec and. They're able to get in with no issues, and you does warn him that the other system lords and their slaves aren't to be trusted. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go on the assumption here, since they needed Daniel, who spoke, spoke Gould, that from here on out, they're speaking Gould. Yeah, they're, like, they're just English for us. Yeah, it's, it's English for us. It's being translated. Yeah. It's, a, it's the dubbed version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the tunnels, they have no ships available for evacuation. Much like Jackie Chan and his roles, Daniel dubs his own version. Exactly. <laughs> Very much so. And um, I'm going to be honest, I would have assumed the Toker would have a better evacuation plan set up. You, yeah, I, it seems like you, they trap themselves. They trap themselves. Like, they have no evacuation plan. And I know that's why they tell us that they don't make these uh, escape air, yeah. air vents, because that's why they tell us that story. Yeah. But it's like, but they should still have, like, a, a what's your plan B? Exactly. Everybody There's needs no to plan have B a here. plan B. Always, all the time, everywhere you are. So they're at least making new tunnels just to spread out the risk of attack. Uh, and the Anything. And the yeah. SG members are going to help move things around. So Renau then cuts power to the base so they can't lock on to the energy signature. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to have to randomly bomb, which Jack finds super encouraging. Yeah. And Renau points out that the Toker have survived because of disguise and subterfuge. And that they're meant to hide, not tackle and attack 
you know, head on like this. And I'm like, but you still are fairly like part of disguise and subterfuge is being able to sneak away to fight again. You have no sneak away plan. You have no, yeah, you have no sneak attack. And Jack's like, what about that poison? Um, and there, and, and Renau's host is like, yeah, that would be great. But, um, every drop we have went with Selmac and Daniel. Right. So again, zero plan B. Zero plan B. Zero escape plan. Nothing. At the summit, you is announced in, and they walk in, and they he go they go basically go on to list all the gold there: Bissett, Kelly, Ball, Morgan, and um, who we get into her costume. Um, <laughs> it's the most standoutish I, I, of all. I wrote, of them. Daniel at the world's creepiest party. Uh, yeah, the universe's creepiest. Party. And uh, Olakun. I believe is pronounced. Um, and Ball walks over and basically just starts throwing shade and Ball and you just politely shit on each other yeah, for a while. Yeah, which is awesome. It's the most, like, political shade uh-huh. ever. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay. It's like, oh, I heard that you fucked up here. It's like, well, I heard that all your people died over here. It's like, uh-huh. so, all right, <laughs> let's do this again sometime. Alrighty, welcome to the world's longest history according to Stargate that I've done. Dun, dun. Okay. So we have a whole, we basically have like a laundry list of, of new gods. So I try to do a little bit on each. So Ball is the first one we're gonna touch yes. on because he's my favorite. Um He's our dude, right? Who looks like Kevin from the Backstreet Boys? Yes. Okay. So Ball is Really, more of the name itself is more of a title more than a person. Okay, um, it means lord in the Northwest Semitic languages, which is like uh, ancient Hebrew and Phoenician and and okay. Aramaic and all the kind of stuff. Um, eventually, it does become the name like sort of becomes a, a number. It happens so often in these. In, in in a lot of this ancient mythology and the ancient religions that sort of names float from one person to the other. Yeah. So there's a god named Hadad, Hadad, uh, and he's a storm and fertility god. And scholars basically think that the cult became so like large and so powerful and they started to believe that his name, Hadad, was too holy for anyone but the high priest to Got say. It. So they started just calling him Lord. Hence Baal, which eventually sort of took over becomes as his name got it. and sort of replaces it. And there's gotcha. a few different like versions of Baal throughout the Mediterranean, the Middle East. Um, like each each sort of culture, again, because especially Baal with his name that just means Lord, mm-hmm. there was a number of different sort of versions of the same deity that sort of had the same name. Got it. Um, and one that struck me was... Like in some Roman records, apparently they were talking about in Carthage that the followers of Baal burned their children as human sacrifices to them. Cool. But it's also like these were Roman records. So is that just propaganda? Oh, that's true. Because, you know, it's one of those things where the, the victor writes history. Anyone who's not Roman is terrible. Exactly. The Romans. So that's I just it's that kind of stuff in history where it's like, is that is that an exaggeration for propaganda's sake? Mm-hmm. At the same time, human sacrifice was very common back then, so you never really know. Um, and one part that I didn't get to do a ton, a ton of research in, um, but I found it really interesting that in some versions of the Hebrew Bible, the term Baal was used basically as the same, like, equivalent. It was another name for, you know, God, Yahweh, since apparently, like, again, it's just Lord, Mm-hmm. Some early Hebrews used Baal as an honorific for Yahweh, and eventually sort of religious politics made that unfashionable because Baal was being used as this other lord across the, you know, across Got the it. river. So it just becomes like a, the, uh, the history of etymology, mm-hmm. like a little bit of a exactly. how it affects what yeah right on yeah kind of cool and then eventually the term got shifted over even more and turned into Beelzebub wow because Balzebub is like two names got it um and that kind of came from people throwing shade on each other's deities and gods <laughs> like in the Lord of the Flies one of the ideas is that it may have been calling Ball a pile of shit and his followers vermin oh wow by Bezelbob being the Lord of the Flies <laughs> So like it's That's just, awesome. It's just just people crapping on other people. It just changes what words become. Exactly. Wow. So um Zippy, mm-hmm. uh, we covered his first appearance 
I'm not going to go over them again. I think Pretense is the episode. Zipakna. Um, Zipakna is the actual full name. Yeah, it's a Zipakna. I yeah, gotcha. Um, but I call I covered Zipakna, I'm pretty sure, in Pretense. Olokun is next one. Might be pronouncing that wrong. Again, I apologize. <laughs> um, is sort of an androgynous, sometimes male, sometimes female, depending on where you are or sort of the need of the deity. Okay. Um, from West Africa... Okay. Uh, they're a water deity, or in Orisha. I don't know where. Which is a spirit who is a manifestation of the supreme god in, um, is it your, your, your Yoruba? Um, culture? Yoruba. Yoruba. Yes, Yoruba. thank you. I know that word now that you've said Yay. that. Um, so there's hundreds of these Orisha. Usually I think the numbers are on 401, which is a sacred number in their culture. Okay. The Yoruba uh, are from sort of current day Nigeria and Benin. And okay. they, like, apparently they make up like 21% of the Nigerian population. So it's this huge culture even today. Still, it's still active. Yeah, it. uh, cool. and 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 there's also like um, in Brazil, it's there. European people are also there just because okay. of the migration. That feels like forced a thing migration I knew. Yeah. of the people. Um, and I got caught up in reading about the Yoruba culture, the history. It was super, really interesting. But then I remembered I have to take a whole bunch of notes still for this podcast and I had to stop. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was really, really cool. Uh, I'm going to go back. I actually saved a bunch of like wiki articles. And everything. Yeah. Um, so that's. Well, it's fun once you get into like just learning what different gods are and exactly. how they came to be. And it's, so it's really, it's, it's really interesting. I, it's, they sort of did a nice balance here of, of male and female deities. So this, this one who could have been portrayed as uh, male or female. Right. He's, he's male here in this, in this particular episode. instance. Yeah. Um, which is fine. We have Osiris who was a male deity in Egyptian religion. Oh, yeah, I remember because I always felt that the name felt mm-hmm. female. Yeah. But, but Osiris is male. Yeah. Because it was Osiris and Isis. Yes. Um, so Kali is a favorite of mine. Kali Ma. No, uh, Kali Ma. <laughs> Not the same. Not the same. Uh, Hindu goddess of destruction. Also, time and creation, but Hindu goddess of destruction. <laughs> um, I like, love that. One of her, the first appearances of her name, like in ancient texts and everything, she isn't a goddess. She's wow. she's just the black tongue of seven flickering tongues of the god of fire. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. <laughs> and scary as fuck. Uh, yeah, Kali is a little scary as fuck. Yeah. Um, uh, the short story that I found uh, on Wiki and in another site, there was a band of thieves who wanted to make a human sacrifice to her. And uh, so they chose a monk that they found, you know, just walking around. Yeah. Uh, and he was like the most holy, pious of monks that have ever monked before. <laughs> and so when they killed him, his radiance burned the image of Kali. Dang. And so she took living form and killed the entire band of thieves, decapitating them and drank their blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't don't give me bad <laughs> gifts or else I will decapitate you and drink your blood. Um, eventually she sort of evolved into a little less of a chaotic evil figure. I mean, she's never like a warm, friendly goddess or everything. <laughs> she just turned into slightly less of chaotic raging just rage yeah <laughs> she's just rage i mean there's a whole bunch of her depictions are her wearing like a skirt of human arms and heads <laughs> Whoa. like just like naked painted black just like de- with arms yeah. as a skirt uh-huh I what's, okay. that would be a really heavy skirt. I know. Gosh, she's very she's strong. strong though. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is, you know, I say this, and I say I've really, you know, Kali is is a very interesting figure that I've I've always come back to. And there's an interesting note because at the bottom of this wiki article for Kali, there is this whole part where it discusses about the fact that there has been this, I want to say movement, but this. Prominence, okay, in West in the Western world recently. Okay, a resurgence. Yeah, a resurgence to whom Kali has become this interesting figure, oh. like this dark feminist icon of female power and sexuality. 
Yeah. And that there is this super gray area that you can so easily misrepresent deities when you don't have the history and knowledge that you aren't, when you are haven't been steeped in the Hindu tradition and culture. Okay. To which yeah. you misrepresent yeah, what the deity is. You're applying your own Western yes. history and, and, and influence. Which to... I totally agree with as yeah. a person who basically has done that exact thing to Kali. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I also think there is, uh, there is this power if you create your own version of the character like as long as you understand and recognize the difference that the the mythos of a figure that you created to yourself is completely different and separate from the historical and religious and, and there's an the amount character. of respect that has to be yes. lived there and to uh, yeah that's a tough one it is a tough I, one. I have uh, I have a tough time with stuff like that too it's like exactly respect what it is don't preach what you think because it's not the exactly. Truth. So there's a difference between like you to to like, and I'm just using Kali as as yeah. a prompt. Like there's a difference between you taking um, Kali as and creating your own sort of like mythos and power that you personally find from uh-huh. this character that you keep to like if as long as you like. Don't go again. Preach that this is what the truth is, and it's right. like becomes a sort of like personal totem. Yeah, and that you understand the fact that this is a new character that you have created with the same name. Yeah, you you've borrowed from this yes. thing, and you've made something that's not what she is. And you understand that it's like this is a different character that happens to have the same name. Yeah, it's, type thing. Yeah, it's a tough one. That's it's a, a tough, tough one. one. It is, but. And again, because yeah, just it's using tough. It's tough to ride that line. It's tough to ride the line of cultural appropriation. Um, yeah, let's just leave that there. Yes. <laughs> again, keep it personal. <laughs> keep it personal. Yeah. Okay. So Basat, 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 Bastet, Bastet. There's two T's. There's two T's. Is t- most recognized as the Egyptian, like the cat-headed goddess. Okay. Um, before the whole like cultural unification in Egypt, there is also a Bast who was this amazing like lioness warrior deity. Oh, cool. Um, but they got sort of combined because there was that whole again. There was a whole uh, a lot of. Egyptian gods have these two different halves because they were two different sets. Oh, yeah. There was two different sets, and then when they be kind of became the unified Egypt, which is when the high point and everything, they just kind of, like, mashed gods together. Okay. <laughs> now, is this similar to... I, I could be way off base. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we learn about Greek and Roman deities we smash them together it's After the same the type fact. of thing well yeah. that was it's nah, ish okay from my understanding uh the the greek and roman things it was more of like hey we've taken over your culture and we're just gonna take your gods and rename them got it and this then slightly is- tweak them these were like hey we actually have two sets of gods so and we're gonna the people smash themselves them together did it. yeah i get you yeah, yeah, yeah. i get you um, I don't have too too much on her. Okay. Um, but she's the she's very popular because cats are super important and uh, you know cat yeah. goddess. So <laughs> the last one I'm touching on is the Morgane. Yeah. Who guys I sort of love the Morgane. <laughs> um, she uh she's from Irish mythology. She's the goddess of you know war and fate and a foreteller of death and a guardian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's and also way into bondage. <laughs> way no. into bondage. No. At least I don't in know Stargate. Any of that. Yeah. In Stargate, she's yeah. way into bondage. Yeah. Um and she normally takes the form of a huge crow. Oh, cool. If you want one of my favorite uh, personifications and of of the Morgane, read the Iron Druid series. Oh, okay. Uh, which is just good either way. I just... <laughs> uh, so she's Irish, not... She's an Irish, yeah. Not Scottish, okay. She's, she's yeah, she's a Celtic... She's a Celtic goddess. Okay, okay. It comes from the Irish tradition. Because I think of DuckTales as Morgana. Yeah, well... I, I wonder if she's based on her, but it's, it's not the same. I mean, it did... The Irish culture wasn't like only in right, uh, Irish islands, so it did sort of spill over. It, it, it is was common enough, yeah. sort of in Scotland. Gotcha. 
Um, That's how I remember things. <laughs> DuckTales. Again, I always tell the story of how I got a test. I got extra credit on a test write because of a line in the final episode of DS9. And I remembered basically the... Uh, um, and I'm just blanking it now. The 300 was about it. Um, the Spartans and... Oh, the, and with the Xerxes. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But 300 Spartans taking on, like, I got extra credit points, right, because of a line in Star Trek Deep Space Nine that talks about it. <laughs> so we get our references where we can. Done. Um, often the Morgan is personified as three sisters, because three is very, very important to, you know, uh, cult to culture. It's the power of three power three um she is the or like she's the reason the whole like cr- you get bad vibe when a crow goes by and yeah when a crow flies over a battlefield is that why a group of them is called a murder <laughs> a maybe? murder maybe i just always thought that was cool so when a crow was flying over a battlefield it would either put fear or courage in a warrior's heart depending on who they thought she was showing up right for. yeah um, and while some think uh, Morgan Le Fay of Arthurian legend mm. is is based on Morgane, um, most likely she was like vaguely inspired on her. But okay. the, because that's like the Arthurian legends are like very Welsh. So, yeah, the, the etymology of how you get it is actually from the word sea instead. Oh. So, like, it's one of those things where they may have taken some stuff. From the concept yeah. in, in sort of her personality. Well, the things all kind of get swirled together things into get one rocky Things together in one cream. big pot, yeah. Yeah. Um, and in some stories, she'll appear actually as a banshee. So there's a long tradition in, in, in Ireland, Scotland, of this, like, woman healing after mourning. Of, oh, wow. of wailing and lament. Uh, like, a good healer yeah. was, like, super high demand because it was, like, right. the good prominence of a good whaler when someone dies. Yep. Um, but like the God, I don't want that. <laughs> I do not want. Um, and a, a banshee was as a spirit or a fairy mm-hmm. who would wail and, and herald. It was basically like there's been a death. Yeah, and so Just especially especially if the person in your family died a long way from home, which often oh. happens, if you were out in, in the moor or something and you heard a banshee's wail from With a distance, somebody, yeah. it was like seeing a crow is this gotcha. herald. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's she's cool. She's, yeah, they're all pretty interesting. They're and all, we could yeah. go forever. <sighs> yes, we could. Basically, this is a big room full of... Um, very people yeah. these are these are like an entire room of of level bosses just yeah yeah <laughs> yeah best boss ever so back to ravana it starts getting bombarded mm. structure starts collapsing the styrofoam is falling hard <laughs> bouncing off things yeah can we not make our ceilings out of pointy things because they're gonna fall people they're gonna fall and kill people yeah huh we should have thought about that maybe they should just make the ceiling out of styrofoam that yeah. would solve all problems it's like you might as well have just made it out of like giant spikes yeah they, well he essentially did it's all crystals yeah. it's all cr- giant spikes that will then just pierce through people yeah um so, uh, the structure starts collapsing. SG-1 is in one part of the collapse. Literally structure. in a glass house. Uh, literally yeah. a glass house. SG-7 is in another. Both are trying to unbury people from collapsing tunnels. More collapses on top of Colonel Mansfield as Jack yeah. tries to call him. He, he done. Zippy is in orbit, just being evil. Uh-huh. Being like, no one will escape, all will die. SG-1 meets up with Elliot carrying Aldwin. Mm-hmm. Um... And uh, carrying, or Elliot and Aldwin carrying a really badly injured Mansfield. The rest of SG7 yeah. is dead. Just wiped out a whole team off screen. Yeah, I was convinced that Elliot was going to die yeah, I know. right here. Well, he has a much more important role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, the infirmary conveniently has also been destroyed. It's the head of the lab that Lantesh sits in. Uh, Jack wants a new strategy, one that doesn't involve all of them dying. Yeah. I will say before we get too far yeah. underground, those effects <laughs> with Jack and Teal'c and uh-huh. the Toker guy uh-huh. on land, like those explosions are getting real good. Oh yeah, no, they're very real. They're getting real good. That's a little bit later, but yeah, those okay. explosions oh, right, are right, right. 
are they're running through explosions, yo. <laughs> My notes are backwards. It's okay. Um, Teal, this is Teal here says they have to head up to the surface so they can actually see what's going yes, on. Yeah. So Aldwin leads them to the ring room. Um, so Daniel sneaks away up at the summit to call Jacob, and he's like, "Yeah, it's Gould Mardi Gras down here." Um, all seven are <laughs> Gould Mardi Gras. Let's just uh, think about what that would look like. <laughs> Are there beads involved? There's clearly beads. Half of them are wearing beads already. <laughs> yeah. Is there alcohol just, involved? Beset just takes off her little her, her little face one and yeah. just starts throwing it as yeah. Morgan's like dress comes down. Yeah, forever yeah. and ever. Yeah, uh-huh. she's like all my beads. All my beads. <laughs> um, is there alcohol involved? Because they can't really get drunk, right? With no, they can't. But I can also imagine that the Gould are also the people who are just going to drink nonstop. Just for the fuck of it? Just for the fuck of it in the hopes of getting drunk. Now, the parade. Is the parade <laughs> just like a creepy-ass parade of human slaves and sacrifices? No, that's exactly what I'm thinking it is. Yeah. Yeah. Gould, Mardi Gras. Yeah, no, there is there is definitely, like, death. There is human sacrifice right there in the parade. Yes, like, as it there's marches a down guillotine the on a uh-huh. float. So, it's basically, you know how in the, in the Thanksgiving parade, they walk to the specific points, like, yeah. right there in Times <laughs> yeah. Square, and they do their routine. So, the parade goes all the way through the station, but as they're walking through the center circle thing is where all the shows happen. Yep. Uh, and then in between, they have their lotars like squeegeeing the blood off the floor. Uh-huh. That's how it works. <laughs> the end. All right, that let's is the move on. Darkest Mardi Gras ever. I don't want to go to that ever. <laughs> I don't either. Um, so all seven are here, but Dana thinks they're going to want to hold off because apparently there's an eighth arriving, a representative from some big new adversary, and Dana's going to contact Jacob and he knows more. Mm-hmm. So in the Toker lab, Mansfield needs help ASAP or he be dead. Yeah. Uh, and apparently Lantash is out of the question because Lantash is still on life support. And he's not strong enough to save anyone. Um, and the place gets rocked again hard. The ceiling lands on Renau and Lantash's container breaks. And Sam, like, tries to cover Mansfield to protect him. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the surface is when we get all the awesome explosions that they're running through. And there's, um, there's a couple Jaffa gathering. Yep, just a little, just a couple. To infiltrate the tunnels. Uh-huh, just a few. Just a couple, it's not... Billions. It's not pretty. So, yeah. It's, it's not pretty. an army. <laughs> it's just an army. Yeah. Uh, and Jack calls for Sam over the radio, and there's no response. Mm-hmm. At the summit, you is, like, done with his bullshit. He wants to know who's responsible for the attacks. The enemy hides very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, basically only fights by ship. Beset has seen the Jaffa of the enemy... Most were the mark of Cronus or Sokar, which makes sense because they were, you know, dead. Right. Uh, but what had the mark of Olakan, who's like, nah, uh. Yeah. Was- Basically, they're like, no one's here, so let's just turn on each other now. Yeah. yeah. Point fingers. Yeah. Um, he was like, one of my motherships was surrounded by this mysterious enemy, and they were all cowards and surrendered instead of dying with honor. Yeah. And they switched allegiances. And the others are like, sure they did, bro. A likely story. Sure they did, bro. (laughs) And then the final guest arrives. Yeah. No, wait, is this the part where... Uh, Daniel's dude said, don't make me look foolish by allowing yourself to Oh, that was earlier. Be- that was earlier. Yeah, I just yeah, really yeah. like that line. I love that line, too. I forgot to I don't, put it in I here. don't think I'll ever have children, but if I did, <laughs> I will send them to school every day. That was in the ghoul say. parade. Yeah. When we were going around. He was Do like... Do not make me look foolish <laughs> by allowing yourself to be murdered. And they'll be like, mom, that's intense. <laughs> And it's like, okay, have a good day. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the more intense version of stay sexy and don't get yeah, murdered. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a slightly more selfish version. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> SSDGM. Just slightly more selfish. <laughs> so the final guest arrives. Daniel preps his poison. But it's Osiris. Dun, dun, dun. And Daniel starts mentally screaming, shit, 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 shit. It's like, not only is he seeing an ex, he's seeing like an ex that could cause his death in the most gruesome way possible. I can't, it's like, this isn't just like running into her at Target. Uh Uh-uh. Which is enough. Like, if you've ever been in that situation... Heart drops, <laughs> body goes cold, chills, and then adrenaline's like, get out, get out, get out, get out, get yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here Daniel has no get out. No. 
Um, and his ex is a cold-blooding murderous demon. Mm, that's snake. not any better. <laughs> uh, and she essentially looks right at him and smirks. <laughs> She's like, I know you. I dance with you once upon a tree. <laughs> now I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> and, uh, and then she speaks to the rest of System Lords that she has much to offer, and shall they proceed? Yeah, she might as well have just winked at him there. Like, By the way, uh, speaking of costumes, I really love her costume here. Oh, yeah. I would wear that all the time. That's fair. It's I can really see that. good. <laughs> it's good stuff. And, like, unlike some of the other ones, it looks like something, it looks like day wear. Like, it's something it you can wear out. It almost looks very normal. Exactly. Very standard. But what I'm saying is, like, you can go out and do some action, some high kicks. Yeah. And kick some people in that. Mm hmm. Like you got to be able to move exactly. Yeah, I mean Morgan can't move in that. No, she's she's not kicking anyone's butt. She's just sending her slaves after people. She's just like whipping them with her boob. Yeah, she's like boob she's, killing. What does she move? She just pulled smother. Or pull, pull stab? Yeah, pull yeah, yeah, stab? yeah. Pull and stab. I guarantee you, she has some Madonna bras back. Yeah, like in her room. I'm for that. Like she's just covered in spikes. So yeah, that mm-hmm. no one can get close. That works. Um. So the Tokra tunnels, uh, the Jafar are now underground. It's giant firefight action. Lots of Tokra are dying. Yeah, it's not pretty down there. And Aldwin has basically like a shit alarm. <laughs> like like yeah. a we're fucked alarm. Yeah, save yourself. <laughs> um, as they run back and they're getting fired upon by death gliders as they run. Mm-hmm. And they're all thrown in the air, and Aldwin lands in a way that is fairly clear he is not getting up and he's walking away. He's not gonna, no, he's done. He's, he uh, kind of lands on his head. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would, like, I'm just amazed that how carefully they had to do that shot so that he didn't actually break his neck. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing, because he falls, and there's no movement after. Uh-uh. It's like, nope, that's that's a dead body. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. that, to me, when I see those type of things, and I know they're totally professionals and know what they're doing, but I see stuff like that, and I'm not like... Oh, for the character, I'm going, oh, for the stunt guy yeah, who's doing yeah. that. Ow. <laughs> um, so anyways, they uh, Jack and Tilk press on because they're like, he be dead. So down in uh, the lab, Sam wakes up. She's been knocked unconscious for at least some period of time. Yeah. Mansfield has died. Yep. Um, she grabs his dog tags. Renau is dead. She grabs the crystal that has a symbiote poison yes. on it. Research. And then she goes to Elliot and his eyes glow. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's it's, what's happening to you in this episode. <laughs> that's yep. what my brain did. I that's was like, why oh, you're here. you're not going to die. Uh, it's Lantash. Sam's just going to have a soft spot for you now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elliot's injuries were severe and it'll take all of Lantash's like, concentration to help yeah. him. So Elliot's going to speak for both of them. And Elliot's like... This is weird. Yeah. Sam's like, I know. I feel like his initial reaction is, I'm so sorry. Like, (laughs) I must have done something wrong because I'm not dead. Dead would be less wrong than whatever this is. This is, this feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so she ends up helping Elliot walk to the exit. They're just walking at this point. And they run across Jack and Teal'c and they figure it's best to take the chances on their surface. Uh Uh-huh. At the summit, Daniel finds a secluded... I will say, before yes. we go too far, Jack's reaction to to oh, Elliot yeah. having the symbiote <laughs> is like, ew, <laughs> like, you're gross. Uh, yeah. So it's almost like, I don't want anything to happen to Jack, but I would love for him to be the one yeah. that's stuck with this. Because he's just so, like, weird, like, he's respectful of it, but yeah. it's like, it's very uncomfortable and it makes me feel weird. For somehow him to have to get a symbiote sometime? Yeah. Uh. It's like, bleh, yeah. So, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> back to Daniel shitting his pants. Daniel shitting his pants in a secluded spot. He calls Jacob and is like, "Everyone's here, but there's a complication. Uh-huh. Uh, so is Sarah." And Jacob goes, "You mean Osiris?" It's like, bro, but Separate. Sarah's the one who knows me. Yeah. yeah well, I, well, I or think does Osiris know? Osiris, yeah, I think so, was was Daniel there at the end of the episode? I don't know. I really don't know. Well, I mean, obviously Osiris does just because it has serious yeah, memories. Yeah, that's what I mean. But to yeah. me, Jacob here is like, 
No, 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 no. This There's is no Sarah left. There yeah. is no Sarah. Separate. That's true. Yeah. I think that's to me what Jacob is going is like, no, yeah. this is not Sarah anymore. Do not get your emotional baggage on your ex being here. Oh, and see, I thought he was just trying to convey the, they know me here. Yeah. They know me well, here because they have Sarah's brain. that's what Daniel's, I think, trying to do. Well, the complication to me. Yeah. Is it Sarah and he knows me, but also right. it's Sarah, so I can't release this poison. Right. No, he's got to release that damn poison. I yeah. I didn't even go there. Daniel, yeah. you got to be a hard ass about this one. Um, And if she did recognize Daniel, she didn't tip her hands. Well, she didn't tip her hands <laughs> because she wanted to confront him in private. The door yeah, opened. Because she's got bigger plans for him. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think they're super friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, Behind him, Osiris did recognize him. And the door closes behind her. And just like, it's just the door closing. And you're like, that can't be good. That's the death of you. (laughs) And the door just closes on the scene, leaving us hanging, going, that can't be good. We gonna die. (laughs) Um, And then in the tunnels, there was only one exit they had to the ring room. Mm -hmm. And it's now blocked. Yeah, and basically everyone is gonna die. Everyone's gonna die. Let's wrap this up so Grace can see. <laughs> it was so hard not to watch part two. <laughs> we get to watch part two right after. Yes, right after we're done here. Yeah, this is a good one. Yes, this is probably gonna go on the list, but I'm gonna wait. I'm yeah, gonna wait I think we're gonna wait to look at that till we get to part two. Um, but, but we can add farts. a Martin Wood cameo. Yes, we can. Um, on that. So let me get back to our our lists. So I can add a Martin Wood cameo or up to nine Martin Wood cameos. Dun, dun, dun. But no wrenches. No wrenches. Um, and no Indeeds. Nope. Uh, we don't Pretty even sure get it for indeed. crying out loud. We haven't had one in a while. Yeah. Um, we do have a new Patreon yes. subscriber. Yes, we do. Uh, that we want to thank. Uh, we want to thank Thinking Religion. Which is just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that name. I'm going to comment on every name from now on. That works. That <laughs> it's works. It's going to be a thing. Uh, but thank you. Thanks, everyone uh, who's on Patreon and those who aren't, who are just listening. That's okay, too. We're we getting, love you guys all. Yes. We're getting our November podcards out the, this week. Yes. The next couple days. November is hard. Yeah, November is um, hard. Um, we're going to get December one out sooner, we promise. I'm going to blame school. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to blame the 10-page paper that I'm working on. Um, <laughs> Have you started? at the 10-page paper? I have an outline and I have all my sources. You just haven't written, I have to just typed actually words. make words into <laughs> words. Into story. <laughs> That's basically where I'm at. Make story happen, which I'm not good at right now. Um, I'm, I'm turkey wasted, uh, but I'll get it done. Turkey drunk. It's gonna happen. By the end of today, it's gonna be done. That works. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, next week we have... Let's stand. Woo! Basically Basically, um, sum up part two, but it's one of those not part one and part two. It's crazy, it's, too, because it's like a big two-parter, but we're not at the end of the season. We're not. We're... No, we still have... I think it's like six episodes okay. to the end of the season. Um yeah. And, yeah. Which is... This feels like an end of the season episode. It does. Cool. And, like, the end of this season ends its time on Showtime. Oh, that's a big, big... Yeah, so season six is when it started on sci-fi. Got it, got it. So. Uh, Well, okay, so we'll see you guys next week with uh, Last Stand. Uh Uh-huh. Until then, find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash There's No Place Like Tara. You can email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Like us and rate us, review us on iTunes, if you will. Um, We love you guys. I want to watch this episode. I'm running out of work. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.